Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we would really appreciate if you could take the time to leave us a review um, on our podcast. Unless it's a negative review, then please don't <laughs> take the time to do that. We've just been talking a lot and we just really want to try and have as many people um, as we can be able to hear our story and just hopefully feel a little bit of light and hope as we share the things that we've gone through and um, that we continue to go through as a family. Um, so we would just really appreciate it. And as always, thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Love the Nilsons. I'm Thomas. My name is Alyssa. And we're here to share our story. Discuss relationships. Talk about raising our kids. Be advocates for mental health. Share our faith. And whatever else life may throw our way. Let's do this. Woo! Hello, welcome back. We are excited to be here because this week we found out that one of our most loyal listeners is a sweet little five-year-old girl. And so we just wanted to give uh, Aaron a little shout out and say thanks for listening. And hopefully uh, this podcast is uh, good enough for you tonight, today, whenever you're listening, and that we can make you smile. <laughs> so sweet. It's amazing. We we didn't know our target audience was a five year old five year old girl, but now we know. So yeah. the entire content of our podcast will be changing now. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Bluey. Bluey and we can talk about soccer and kindergarten and I mean really that's pretty much our life around here too. Yeah. Superheroes. But, but yeah, so Aaron, I know you're listening. So thanks for listening and you also be a good listener to your mom and dad and a good big sister, okay? Deal. Okay, well, tonight um, we want to shift a little and just talk about our kids. Well, actually, before you get into that, this is a big milestone for us tonight. This is podcast 15. Oof. Episode big 15. Money. That's the big one five. That's the quinceanera, baby. <laughs> this is our quinceanera episode, so let's have it. Quinceanera and my jammies. So a question we get asked uh, often is how are kids doing, especially our boys. So our boys, just as a reminder, we have a five-year-old and then our second one is turning three here in a few weeks, actually. Um, He's a lucky guy. His birthday is September 11th, 2020. So he'll be turning three and then obviously our baby who's five months old. But um, the question that we've gotten just how are your boys doing? This has just been a lot um and so we want to talk a little bit more about that but in order to kind of give a good i don't know lay the foundation of the discussion of mental health and things in our house we want to first go back a few years (laughs) if we were were a high production podcast we'd have a cool sound effect for like the but you get thomas's sound effects so even higher quality but yes what don't, not, none of this <laughs> oof stuff okay um so like Alyssa said it's important to know history of mental health in our family like we've talked about mental health a little bit before on previous episodes but not specifically with uh, yeah i was gonna say i don't think we've mentioned how we discuss it with our kids but essentially and i don't know exactly how you're planning on explaining this but like um We've been very open with our kids. Like previously when I was going through a serious bout of depression and anxiety, OCD, um, we were very open with them and just told them like, 
you know what you can be sick in your body like physically but mm-hmm. then also like your brain like your brain needs to, it takes work to take care yeah. of your brain like we try to take deep breaths we have instilled on in our kids the importance <laughs> of taking breaths yes. from, from a, a very, very early yeah, age really really young um and so we've always been very like open and like they've seen us cry they've seen us like in dire situations with mental health like um and they know the name of our therapist they know the name of our therapist and we tell them about therapy you actually what did the our three-year-old just the other day said to you oh my gosh so out of the blue so i mean our yeah our three-year-old's never been to therapy obviously he's a little young um, not saying that like you can't go to therapy when they're that young, but just for he us, will eventually. Yeah, for us, um, he just has never gone. <clears throat> We've never really seen a specific need for it. But the other day, just like out of the blue, he was like, "Mom, is it just for big kids?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, what is just for big kids?" And he was like, "The therapy, the therapy is that just for big kids?" Three year old, three year old. I was said like. That. <laughs> two-year-old technically i'm like what do you yeah he's yeah we're not gonna make him older than he is he's two still just imagine a squeaky little cute voice saying the word therapy the the therapy is the therapy just for the big kids and i was like oh honey are you asking that um because your brother goes to therapy and he's like yeah and then said the name of our therapist like just so funny like he knows so that's i mean that's how open we are in our families our two-year-old who one is a very like like he talks a lot very verbal yeah and anyway but so yeah he even knew um but yeah so going back to that like we've really we talk a lot about it we talk about we you know we want to do the things that we can to keep our body healthy but do those things also to keep our minds healthy i think like we've called the therapist that we go see like Almost, I don't know if we've used the exact term, but like our brain doctors, almost yeah, doctors like doctors that brains. help our brains, like our minds. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. A few long, years. Long back, story short, we've just been very open and had like open dialogue and not shied away from talking about therapy and mental health. And, and also, stuff. yeah, also our five year old is super inquisitive little guy. Like he asks so many questions. I mean, kids ask a lot of questions, but he is just crazy observant he's also crazy in tune with emotions um like he's just very aware he's a lot like thomas like you guys are just very aware of other people's emotions like you feel emotions really highly sensitive yeah we yeah that can be a whole other podcast or highly sensitive people but anyway and so he just asked like really good questions like even when i was pregnant like he would ask like mom how are babies born and i mean we told him very specifically and and he just well let's be clear he doesn't know the process of that yet of how they're made yeah well, i didn't say that i said well, I how just they're wa- born oh, i just wanted to make <laughs> sure <laughs> no my goodness heaven help me anyway so so yeah so coming back to that <laughs> is we just so that is like one thing is if you're wondering like oh we're you know, our family's going through so much. Like, kids are so aware. Um, they might not know specifically of what you're going through, but I think to their age level, it's okay to talk about things. I mean, they don't know everything that 
we go through obviously and we don't even share every single thing that we go through like on our but podcast I feel like and our like, instagram yeah because you don't want to place but, undue burden no on, especially this oldest kid of ours like he would feel the weight like if yeah. we were to tell him like details of everything so but, it's yeah. it needs to be age appropriate and i mean that's gonna and be kid appropriate that's too, gonna yeah. be different for each child so as a parent i mean you just have to determine what that is for you and your family um so i was asking you before we started but we decided we would just hop on here and start talking about it so we talked to him a lot before we had our baby like there's gonna be a time when mom and dad might leave the house when you're asleep and you know so and so will be here and we will call you the next day like just prepping him that there could be a time where we would go to have a baby in the you middle of the night you still want him to be scared basically. like if you woke up and yeah and here. so we had talked just a lot about that so we had been prepping that and like i'll go to the hospital and like it's not because it's kind of ironic but we would be like it's not because like it's we, scary we or overly sick, assured like, him that it was not because mom was oh hurt gosh, or sick but. or like it's because we just we want to go to the hospital to make sure i'm safe and to make sure baby is safe and, and that's where the doctors are yeah and, and that's yeah. where the doctors work just to make sure everybody is healthy and make sure when your baby sister's <clears throat> born like she's gonna be safe so we had talked a lot about that just prepping him beforehand and so i was asking before we started like once you know things kind of went south with me what did that look like at home because i wasn't here so i just i don't know what that looked like for the kids or if it was just chaos or yeah i mean like like i was mentioning to you like i i wasn't here a whole ton either like especially at the beginning where it was a lot of back and forth a lot of me staying overnight and places and things like that but when i did talk to them like i remember and, and i don't know what other people had told him like our family and friends that were caring for him like they might have said something else i don't know but that doesn't really matter because i think like what i told them essentially was like mom was sick like she had the baby like i I can't remember specifics of what i said like just talking about how mom's just got to be in the hospital for a little bit longer she's really sick um and just needs extra care but more than anything else, like, and the more we talk about this on the podcast, the more, like, things come back to me. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I blocked it out mentally, but... Yeah, um, it was just I a tried lot to, happening. Yeah, I, I tried to do my best to make it feel as normal as possible for them in an extremely abnormal circumstance. Like, really does that make sense? Bad. Yeah. Like, I just tried, <laughs> like, I didn't want them, like, our two-year-old, he was just living his life like he missed or or so we thought we'll get into that like he was living his life for the most part like life was pretty normal for him but our five-year-old like we mentioned he's very aware and i just try like i don't know like you talk about how like i don't like to keep things from my kids but obviously there's some things you keep from them like well and also there was it was just all unknown like you guys didn't know yeah i couldn't what was happening so there was nothing to really report yeah and i didn't want to like honestly i didn't what i wanted to avoid most was saying like mom will be home soon mom's Mm -hmm. okay and then like if you were to pass away like yeah i didn't want to have to have him come back and say but dad you said this so that's heavy yeah like i didn't i don't think i once told him like mom 
is going to be home soon because I didn't know when that was going to be. Or what that looked like at all. I never, in my head, and I think I've mentioned this before, I never thought you were going to die. Like, hindsight, you were very close, but I never thought you were going to. Um, So I don't even know if that thought crossed my mind with talking to them about that. But, like, um, yeah, just tried to make it as normal of an environment as possible, even though there were so many people that were here visiting they were being passed around a lot to different people dropped off at different houses and stuff like that but say you were trying to keep it normal but nothing was normal about the situation we left in an abnormal yeah no you did an incredible i tried to like help them still have like a dad presence because you were totally not there obviously and i think we've told you guys before like the first week like you didn't even hardly facetime i'm like because you didn't want them to see you with all the tubes i had and a lot going on plus i could barely like keep my eyes open at times or i was just in so much pain i couldn't even hold the phone and yeah so, so i didn't i just see wanted them. to be the parent present for them yeah presence really for them job. i just did my best that was balancing amazing. again we've said that word a lot but, but it was yeah it was just crazy because i mean we left to have a baby and we were able to facetime them that first day so we were able to talk and show them the baby like on before the phone. your health yeah took a, before took a i got sick yeah. and so we were able to talk and show them and it was so fun and we were like we're gonna be home tomorrow like we'll see you in the morning kind of thing yeah we told them that yeah i mean that was the plan and then obviously everything changed and so then all of a sudden you're coming home with a baby a new baby which that in and of itself is a big enough change and then i'm not with you and then all of a sudden your mom is here and my mom is here and siblings and then they're going to different people's houses and their friends are coming over and i'm still not home and there's this baby that's crying like yeah it's just a lot important to note too like that moment of baby sister coming home i wasn't here for actually like i know that you guys listening know that Alyssa wasn't here, obviously, yeah. but I wasn't here either. That was when things were really super, like, topsy-turvy, like, unknown. Well, she came home at the exact time I got on the helicopter life Yeah, flight. like, within, like, an hour. Yeah. So, that still is, like, something that whenever it gets brought up is pretty, like, heart-wrenching for me. Just, you know, the iconic, like, siblings meeting their new... Um, sibling and for us like knowing that this is our last kid like that is that still is really hard for me um and I'm reminded often like you also weren't there so it really like our boys met their brand new sister for the first time with my mom and one of our best I think friends. all your siblings are here too no I think at the time it was just my mom and one of my best friends oh, okay and then they showed up maybe after I don't I I mean neither of us were here but yeah. um so luckily, I mean, there was people here that loved them dearly and took videos and pictures and stuff for us. But yeah, so that was like the first, the kind of beginning of the chaos for them. Um, but I just, yeah. So anyway, that just paints a picture of, of how it was. But luckily after that, I mean, I was able to FaceTime more. Once I left the ICU, we were able to visit a little bit more consistently. and And so I feel like... I don't know. Was that helpful or just make it more crazy? Um, I think it was helpful. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to talk to. I don't think any of our kids, obviously baby, but like, I don't think 
our two-year-old won't remember this, but no. I think for sure our five-year-old yes. will have yes. some recollection of this. So it will be interesting to ask him, just be like, hey, buddy, like like years from now, to be yeah. like, what do you remember from that? Like when he can express himself like a little bit more, like recognize emotions and things like that, more so than he already does because he is yeah. good at that. But um, I don't know, seeing you like taking them up there, doing like dinner with you, we'd like have we'd bring Chick Fil A or In and Out, and to my room. eat it in your room. <laughs> and I brought my laptop and hooked up an HDMI cord to the mm-hmm. TV in your room, and we like would do a family movie night because there wasn't anything else to do in the hospital. No, like, I, think, I could barely walk or move, and yeah, at that point you were super immobile. But I think visiting the hospital i don't know how it affected them mentally but i think it was fun for them yeah like to see you which was great but then i think they also just thought the hospital was really cool yeah that's true so maybe it like just helps like oh like this is cool this is fun but i don't that's a good question i don't know how i think it it helps like leaving you is always kind of hard especially on those nights when it was like those are killer for you but like It was hard for me sometimes to, not sometimes, each time. Like, I knew it meant so much to Alyssa to get us all up there. But, like, at this point, I can't remember. I don't remember who was with us. I think my mom was still with us. But, like, I'd load up the kids. And there was if she was here, she would have come sometimes. But, like, there was a few times where I would get all three kids Mm -hmm. loaded up myself. And then walk into the hospital with a diaper bag, with food, two kids. <laughs> Rowdy boys. In walking that are trying not to get hit by cars, like, and then pushing a stroller. I probably looked like a, a freaking hot mess. No, but he was a superhero. That's I looked like a superhero was. dad, if you ask Alyssa. No, but, really. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was hard, like, to actually get there. But I think it was good for him. Like, I, it, I felt like it was good for me for them if yeah. that makes any yeah. sense like i wanted them it felt like it was being productive for them yeah. to like see their mom and like see that you're like still i'm okay okay yeah so then what did it look like as um i was getting ready to come home because that was also a really tough week and I, we didn't go into details of what necessarily happened after the icu but we kept thinking I could come home, and then I wasn't doing well, and we kept thinking, and that was also really hard yeah, for me mentally. discharge date kept on it getting It just kept changing, back, and so we kept telling the boys, like, I'm coming home soon, and then it kind of got pushed back a few days. Um, so you even had a sign from the kids that was like, we waited 20 days to 19 see days, and then, and then we had it to got changed to 22 or 21 or whatever. And so did was there much conversation about, like, mom's coming home, but she's still really sick? or I, I would have to ask my mom, to be honest. But I feel like, from what I can recall, like, I don't think I told them specifics. Like, mom's coming home on Tuesday. Like, yeah. and today's Monday, which means tomorrow she's coming home. Like, I think we just kept it pretty vague. Like, mom's coming home soon, it sounds like. I think she's coming home soon. And maybe in some ways that made it worse because it was like, yeah. well, then when is soon? And time like, is like relative for kids anyway. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't think I ever said specifics. And I don't think I don't think it threw them off when you got delayed. Like, Yeah, because it was relative to no. that. And but... at that point, that last delay, like, I don't think I told him you were coming home until that like very last delay when it was pushed back two more days. Mm-hmm. So that one was like, ugh, was dang tough. it. <laughs> but then I came home and I mean, that was like really hard for both of us. It was super joyous that I came home. 
but it was really hard. Like I still could barely walk. I, I could barely make it up and down our stairs. Like I would try not to have to go up our stairs more than like once a day to basically go to bed. And you'd come down in the morning and, and then stay here until yeah. Like I would just much. be downstairs and like I couldn't really do anything. Yeah, in some ways. I was, it was more convenient, obviously, to have you home, but in some it ways it was really, more stressful for me because, like, was, I was still, like, hypothetical adrenaline pumping. Like, it wasn't actually the whole time, but it was, like, constant, like, oh my gosh, like, you're in this pain. Like, does that mean something's coming back? But we didn't have doctors. Like, it's well, not yeah, like I could just, push the call button yeah, and have the nurses, right away. The nurses were in charge of me at the hospital, and then I came home and it was, like, all on you. So now it's like, you're in charge of all three of the kids and also in charge of your wife who can barely move and is still really, really sick and in a ton of pain. So that was, it was a lot. And I felt like the boys really struggled when I got home. It was hard. It yeah. was really, really hard when I got home. I uh, got yelled at a few times by our five-year-old that I wasn't in charge of him. <laughs> and I feel like, too like i'm more the like the rough and tumble parent like that like wrestles and plays mm-hmm. with them and stuff Alyssa's more like craft read books kind of thing yeah. but like even like they just had to learn boundaries like they couldn't sit on your lap they couldn't like yeah. tap your stomach to get your attention because like you had your huge incision My whole like body just hurt yeah too. Like, so couldn't just, touch me <laughs> and like for the first week or more like you didn't even like any kind of physical touch, no, really, because like no, it, it hurts. Like so. I don't know, it was like lightning bolts through my body. I couldn't because of pain physically, or just because like you felt. I feel like it's more like you were just irritated, bothered by it. All of the above. It was just overstimulation from the ICU. And the like hospital. even me, like you didn't even want me. Like if I touched mm-hmm. you, I think you gave me instructions like if i'm going to touch you it needs to be like a firm yeah, grab of your terrible. arm or shoulder like i yeah. can't like rub your arm no, lovingly was, gently no it was terrible so, so yeah, like that's another just, thing the kids had to learn too like on yeah, top of just it. don't touch me but yeah so it was it was really really hard i mean so that's i think when we started to really see that like they had been affected because all of a sudden mom is back but, but I'm here and i still same. can't really do a lot like i wasn't really helping with but like i I honestly wasn't really doing much for the boys at all. I could take care of... You had to focus on yourself. I could take care of our baby a little bit, but even that was a lot of work. Just to hold her was painful for me. And yeah, I just was trying to get better. And so it was, that was really tricky. They didn't, it was a really hard transition. It was really rocky. Um, Emotionally, we were just all over the map. Like I was, I would cry all the time. From pain, from emotional pain, from so many different things. And it's like, still happening right now, but I feel like you are still learning, like, kind of what triggers you in mm-hmm. a way, like, what triggers those emotions. And so, like, was, at that time, we had, like, no idea what was like, going to set you off. 10 times a day. Yeah. I was just crying all the time. And I would just, the pain was still just really <clears throat> intense too and so i just i cried a lot and so that obviously affected their emotions because like now mom is home and i'm crying and there's this baby that's crying and dad is stressed and then their mimi left and so and she had been at our house for a month and then they were still going to friends houses and i still had appointments so it was still i came home but it was a different kind of chaos than when i was in the mom was physically here but still 
had a lot of recovery and yeah. was not able to do and then, hardly anything that well, she did and then before. also like we had people coming to our house all the time like we had home health nurses we had home health physical therapists um we had doctor's appointments like so there was still people in and out of our house that were strangers so it was a lot so yeah again like i mentioned like he would just be like mom you're not in charge i'm like yeah you're right i'm not <laughs> like i haven't been here for a while i'm not doing anything like you're totally right and dad's tired of being in charge yeah and so that was like really hard um but honestly it just time it just time went on and i think kind of things calmed down i slowly got stronger and we started doing a little bit better tried to get into a routine but then as a lot of you know five weeks later i ended up back in the hospital from with sepsis again um obviously this time less it wasn't full-blown septic shock i wasn't like dying but i was still very sick and so that was really hard because all of a sudden like i'm home and we're trying to get into this routine and then i end up back there and gosh so just our sweet boys are just gone through have gone through a lot but they were able to come and you know see me in the hospital again and take me home from the hospital and that time wasn't as so, long that was no, what like a week, a or, week so. or so yeah and so coming home from that was a little smoother and i wasn't you know in as much pain and everything like that but coming home from that, I had like a pick line, like an IV line in my arm. And again, we had home health nurses coming to our house and I had all these appointments still and you had to give me medicine every day. And and so there's just a lot. Their sweet little worlds were just rocked. You're just every exposed day. to a lot like, of real so world things. adult things. But that... we would talk about it like, I mean, we would cry and we would tell our boys like why we were crying. Um the boys loved sometimes to look at um, my incision, like in the hospital. And when I got home, they liked to see the staples in my belly. Um, sometimes our two-year-old would be like, okay, can you put that away now? <laughs> Ooh, he didn't have, <laughs> believe it or not, the two-year-old did not have good bedside manner. <laughs> and I don't think he's destined for becoming a doctor. He no, gets grossed out by things. He, he like takes after his dad. <laughs> Ooh, mommy, put that away. <laughs> Even to this day, just like yesterday, he was like, Mom, do you still have that owie on your belly? I'm like, yep, I still have that owie. And like sometimes he'll ask to see it. And so, you know, we, we talk about it. Um, but I, I will say we have been very specific with our five-year-old because he asked specific questions. And so we've been specific with him. And so we told him like and he can tell you this whole thing like he can tell you the whole story and this is how it goes it goes with these same words yeah too. it goes mom went in to have a baby um some bad bugs got inside of her body and the doctor uterus yeah the doctor tried to give her medicine but it didn't work and the bad bugs got into her uterus her uterus <laughs> and she had to go into surgery and they took out her uterus and they had to give her antibiotics, and then she stayed in the hospital. Again, he says the word antibiotics. Yeah, and then she came home from the hospital, but the bad bugs were hiding, and the doctors didn't kill them all the way, and so they, she had to go back to the hospital, and they had to give her more antibiotics, and <laughs> now, like, she's okay or something. And so he can, like, tell you that whole story. So we've been very specific. He knows, like... Um, the basic idea of like what a uterus is, like basically that's where the baby grows. A house for the baby. Yeah. And so now he knows and that our 
baby is his last sibling. Yeah, too. so he will tell people like, my mom's not going to have any more babies because she doesn't have a uterus. And so it'll be nice the day that I can be a little bit more nonchalant about it right now. It's still a little bit traumatic for me. But, um, but yeah, he will tell you all that. So we've been pretty specific with him. With our two-year-old, honestly, there's not a lot of conversation that happens there except for when he asks questions um, like, Mom, do you still have that owie? And so, yeah, like I will show him. My scar is pretty gnarly. And so I will show him it and we can talk about it and everything. But that's, um, that's kind of how our conversations have gone um, in addition to death and dying (laughs) well yeah because that was one thing like we i never recall telling this our oldest like yeah mommy is dying or mommy almost died but one day when you were home like didn't he just randomly say mom i'm glad you didn't die i was really scared you were gonna die in the hospital but you didn't die and i'm so glad you didn't die and we both were like uh what (laughs) yeah so we were like oh like I don't know if he like overheard somebody or, or somebody, somebody did tell him. him. Like, I mean, it's fine. Like, cause that's the truth. It and was it... just a lot, and so who knows what was said or what he heard or if he just gathered it on his own. We have no idea. But that was eye opening for us to be like, oh my gosh! Like he had this to five year old. Five year old was carrying gosh. the burden of like his mom maybe almost dying, and like yeah. his concept of death and dying. Like, I mean, we teach him about how like when we die like we believe that families are forever Mm -hmm. so we'll be able to be together in heaven together with heavenly father and jesus and so i mean he has that basic concept but like i don't know when push comes to shove and he like has his mom almost die and he like has to think about that like i don't know and that's why i think going to therapy this time around because we went he went in arizona but it was just it was like fine like or it wasn't even arizona no, it, was it was here, here. we yeah. just had some really bad anxiety struggles with him with preschool um, with preschool and just daily anxieties it was just it was really really bad for a little while um and so we had tried out therapy didn't like love the therapist for various reasons and so we just we kind of put a pause on that um but one thing that was helpful for for us in the hospital honestly from pff, day one that I remember of like waking up from surgery is almost every single doctor emphasized to us that I was going to need therapy. I had people checking on my mental health in the hospital every day, um, asking if I felt depressed. Like they would just ask me a bunch of questions about, um, my emotional state at the time. And obviously I was not well in the hospital. I was not okay. Any of your stints? No, I was, no, I, my mental health was not good, but I don't know that I ever necessarily somehow thankfully was seriously depressed, which is unbelievable and honestly a miracle. Um, but we were just talked like we were told all the time, like you're you're gonna need to do therapy, like you need to look into therapists, like do therapy, whatever. And how awesome is that? Like so that incredible. Medical care has come yeah. that far because like so incredible. I think my mom was in the room one time when a doctor asked you about mental health or was talking about how you'll need to go to see a a therapist after, and my mom was like man like that's awesome that they're asking and and reminder my mom has dealt with depression for her whole adult life 
And she's like, man, like after I had my twins, like my older sisters are twins. And she's like, after I had my twins, not knowing I was having twins, <laughs> being poor, like she's like, nobody asked me. So like, yeah. that's a huge win for mental health. And like, at least it's, it's coming along. Like yeah. there's awareness of it. And luckily for Thomas and I, like we're already very familiar with therapy. Like we are now about five years into doing therapy, at least every so often, sometimes very consistent, sometimes just kind of sporadic when just we depending feel like on we need it. And state. so for us, like when the doctors would say that, I'd be like, yeah, definitely totally on board with that. But when I got home from the hospital, I was just trying to literally walk again and so trying to grasp that like I could be healthy enough to do therapy I just I remember I kept telling you like I can't do mental health health therapy until my physical health is a little bit better and so I was like I need to work on my physical health before mental health so eventually um I was able to get into a therapist pretty quickly actually just circumstances like we just got really lucky our our current or our past therapist just was able to refer me because I wanted someone specifically for trauma that's what was recommended and so uh, I was able to explain my situation a little bit to her and she was amazing and was able to squeeze me in real fast because of well, she you know. told you at first, she's like, okay, it's she's like, like a two-month oh. wait. She's like, have you told your doctors that, like, you know, postpartum depression is pretty common? <laughs> and I was like, oh. no, No fault of her. No, 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 no. I appreciated that she, like, even mentioned that. But I was like, um, yeah, so my doctors are, like, pretty aware. And I gave her, like, a two-sentencing of what had just happened. So this and she's like, text. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, oh, um, I'll see you on Wednesday. I like, it was just, this she was incredible and was able to get me in. So that was, that was amazing. But, so I started that, and, and as I kind of started therapy, um, I mentioned, you know, we have this five-year-old. He's really just sensitive to feelings, and um, what are your thoughts about getting him into therapy? And luckily she also sees children and so she and takes her insurance so it was just a perfect stars align miracles abound um and so we were able to get him in to see her and she was just amazed at what how much we had already talked about with him and so that she she said that alone was helpful because he was able to relay like the whole story to her and he's done some play therapy with her and and things like that so that's been helpful but it is tricky with young kids because there's only so much therapy you can do um to help them now it'll be interesting as you mentioned like as he gets older like what his memories and emotions actually are attached Mm -hmm. to this event so i mean there's a there's a good chance that he'll need therapy in the future for this hopefully not from you know like just our parenting in general (laughs) but from this you know uncontrollable situation um so yeah, so that's been kind of him and and honestly like kids are hard. Being a parent is hard no matter what you're going through. I find so, it extremely easy. Oh yeah, totally. So some of the stuff I never I, lose my patience actually. Yeah, no, never. We're just perfect. It's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. But some of the stuff that we go through it's like, okay, this is really hard. Is this just because like it's really hard to 
be a parent to a five-year-old or is this is this just really normal hard? five-year-old parenting or <laughs> because, is this residual you know, from that because then you know i also ended up in the hospital for a third time so in the last like five months i've spent over a month's time away from my kids so it's just it's been a lot for them so who knows but we're just doing our best yeah so i mean and I would like say open communication and what were you gonna say? I was just gonna talk about like the outlook from here. Was there anything else you wanted to say? I was just oh, I did want to about... mention our two year olds really quick. Oh yeah. So yeah. we've been think we've been thinking with him. You know, he's two. He's just kind of a happy go lucky kind of crazy kid. Not kind of crazy. He's insane. He's Imagine a tornado. Just... Then just put two pairs of shoes on that tornado and <sighs> then let it loose in your house. Yeah, and then he just eats. All day long. Helps he's, himself. He's always hungry. Oh, you, we got a that video of him using a pizza cutter to try to open a oh protein gosh. bar. The he's other just day. always hungry. He's always moving. He's always talking. He's crazy, but I love him. He's the sweetest. He'll just he'll just walk up to you any time of day and just be like, Dad, I love you. And gives the tightest hugs. But man, he's crazy. So we just thought, you know, this crazy kid, he's just... He's stoked. He gets to go to friends' houses. He gets to play with grandparents and aunts and uncles. Watch movies and way movies more than usual. Movies and treats and, you know, Chick-fil-A and all this stuff. So he's just, he's just living a good life. But I, gosh, this was probably just a couple months ago. Like, I've been home from the hospital for a bit now. And I took him to his church nursery class. I went to go drop him off, which I had not done for a few months and he, this kid loves church nursery. He we usually drop him off and oh he my does gosh, not he, look back. He loves it. He just plays. We come to pick him up and he's kind of like, mm, I'd rather stay here. Like he is good. He loves that place. He loves his friends, his teachers, everything there. So you have to know that. Like he has never once like not wanted to go or cried or anything. He loves that place. And so I went to take him to nursery and he just squeezes my hand. It was so sweet. And he looks up at me and he's like, Mom, you stay in here with me. I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> he's like, please don't go. Like, just stay in here with me. <laughs> and he tear up. And it was the first time that I realized, like, even our two-year-old was affected. Ooh, I didn't think this would make <coughs> me emotional. But, like, even our two-year-old kind of felt and knew what had sort of happened and that I had been away from him a lot. And so of course I stayed, I stayed in there with him. And I mean, I just, I just kind of sat there and he played and I would ask him like on occasion, like, you know, can I go to my class? Do you want me to leave? And he'd be like, no, stay. And eventually he was totally fine. And I'm like, okay, can I come pick you up? Like when it's done, he was good, but it was just an eye opener for us. Like, oh my gosh, like even our two-year-old is aware a little bit of what just happened and that his mom missed you dearly. Like he didn't want to let you go once he had you back. Yeah. And so that was like, it was eye opening and a little bit heart wrenching, but also just, you know, needed to pay attention to that so anyway that was all for him no yeah that's fine i think that's a good reminder for i mean for me and for anybody listening like even though your kids are so young and may not seem to be bothered by well they get bothered by tiny little things but like (laughs) like this like potentially life-altering event like you you might think like oh like he's good but like 
at least for me, like I, th- I feel like we learn in scriptures reading, like that you need to learn to become like a child, and seeing him like cling to you and just yeah. want you, like it just reminds me, like I should be like that and want to cling to you know my heavenly Father, like yeah. want to be in His presence, have Him there, and I don't m- want to go all preacher here, but like we we do talk about religion here, and I, I I think that was a good reminder, eye opener to me. Like we have so much to learn from our kids, like their examples, their love, unconditional love. Um, I just think They've, it's important to yeah. pay attention to, like, don't write off little kids feelings and what you can learn from that yeah which is a lesson that i'm still learning like it's easy to quickly write off things but i think when you take the time to like actually you know slow down look at it and pay attention and try to gather all the all the information i guess there's there's a lot to learn from these precious little kids these sweet kids have been so forgiving of us i mean we have times when our patience is like negative 20 just with everything that we're dealing with and just i mean being physically or emotionally not well is really hard like i went to therapy last week and it was just a draining therapy session i'm doing trauma therapy and so if any of you have done therapy at all or any trauma therapy basically just sit there and have to relive your trauma (laughs) and then like work through it and etc and so I had come home from therapy and I was just drained I was done and I just could barely like my patience I just had none just because my emotional like tolerance was gone for the day after everything I had done in therapy and these sweet kids are just so forgiving they are they're so aware, but they are quick to say sorry and to forgive and to move on too. They're they're okay to just continue loving and so we've learned we've learned a lot from them. We are still learning. I mean, we have we've done all this the last five months and but man, we are still learning every day how to navigate this because I tell my five year old all the time, like we just struggle like with emotions with him sometimes like bedtimes have been a nightmare for a while and I don't again it's like is that just because you know you're learning a lot and so your brain is like on overdrive or is that because like your mom almost died like who knows but I tell him all the time I'm like we have never been a parent to a five-year-old before and you have never like been this old before like we are just learning together we are doing our best and please just let's all take deep breaths and just do our best but and that's a lot easier said than done oh my here gosh, behind the microphone yes. now than in the moment oh but my gosh yes if but... we can remember that then that makes those moments a little bit easier yeah, so, and and I mean, I think a gift that we have been given through this insane, insane thing is to do our best to embrace these simple moments as a family because we almost lost, like, these times together. And so, ooh, we're just getting emotional again over here, but... Oh, when you see it like that? There, um... There's not many there's not many experiences in life that you can have 
and I would never wish this upon anybody and honestly we've had a handful of trials in our life as we all do and I feel like we've always come through the trials and thought like oh wow like you know I don't want to take this back we've learned so much and I don't feel like we're here yet with this trial like it it still is like wow you know if we could like rewind the clock like and not have to go through this at all I'd be fine with that like that would be fine so we're still working on that one we're not going to be like, wow, we're so grateful for this trial because we're not there yet. I'll be just completely frank about it. But we do recognize the miracles and we have this insane, incredible gift of the knowledge that life is so precious, you guys. Like, we almost lost our time together as a family and I was going to miss out on these experiences with with you, Thomas, and with our kids. And so if you can glean anything from this, is that just to take it all in and just try and embrace the simplicity of being with the people that you love. Uh, Find the people that uplift you. Find the people that bring you joy, that cheer you on, that forgive quickly. Um, Those people are our kids right now and each other. And so we're just, we're doing our best. I mean, we are messing up every day still. (laughs) Um, But we are doing our best. And so if you could just try and find that without having to have a crazy, uh, you know. Life-altering event. Yeah, near-death experience, that would be ideal. (laughs) But just learn it from us. (laughs) That's putting it so lightly. (laughs) That would be ideal. Um, Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that you sum that up perfectly and gosh dang i love you oh love you and seriously thank you guys for listening and have a good rest of your day love the nelsons Mm -hmm.